0: Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening to Call of the Week. As we roll through December, we want to be sure to wish everyone a happy holidays. We know it's a very busy time of year for all of us, uh, but Dr. Heather Kelly is here to talk about a free service that she hopes producers will make some time to take advantage of in the next few weeks. Heather, uh, first of all, thanks for being here. You've been doing free soybean cyst nematode sampling for a while, but this year there's an extra
1: feature. Uh, That's adding lots of value. That's right, Ginger. So um, through the Tennessee Soybean Promotion Board funding, we've always uh, had the ability and have processed soil samples for free soybean cyst nematode sampling. But with additional funding from them for 2018 and, and potential additional funding for 2019, Um, I have an additional project we're doing with these soil samples. We're not just screening for soybean cyst nematode, we're screening for all uh, major pathogenic nematodes. And so that's a total of, what did I say? Eleven. Eleven, yes. Eleven different uh, pathogenic nematodes that could be robbing yields Mm -hmm. that you don't know about. Um, And so then on top of that, When we do find soybean cyst nematode, which is one of the number one pathogenic nematodes, along with root knot nematode, those are kind of the, and reniform, those are the three big ones. But soybean cyst nematode, on top of uh, screening for them and just the overall level you have in your field, if we find it at a, a high enough level, what we'll also do is what we'll do is called an HG type test. HG just stands for glycines. That's the scientific name of soybean cyst nematode. And this test is replacing the old race test. Uh, It's much more accurate and it actually is much more easy to understand. Instead of having the possibility of uh, 64 different races of soybean cyst nematode, the HG type test will just give you back um, a combination of numbers and so say it will be HG type 2 and all that means is indicator line 2 that your population was able to reproduce on that indicator line um, at the level of or greater than uh, a susceptible line so it just means that that source of resistance you don't want to use in your field and so it's a test to, to test the virulence or the pathogenicity of your population of your nematodes in the field this test can be very expensive Mm -hmm. Um, regularly. In some other areas, I've seen it go for $150 per test. And so again, this is something we're doing for free. Uh, Again, it's just if we find it in your field and we're able to do it um, because it's part of a PhD project I have going on with one of my students because we haven't looked at these uh, HD types or what used to be called races in Tennessee um, since 2008 and earlier. And so it's really time to reassess Well, what are the levels we have in our state and what are the HG types.
0: So a great value, not just from a cost standpoint, but also the information you're getting that can help you make variety selections.
1: Right, well and or crop rotation Mm -hmm. decisions uh, because that's really one of the best things. Uh, Soybean cyst nematode, a regular rotation with corn will really help uh, keep that population in check as well as then when you go to soybean again to pick the right variety. And you're also testing for charcoal rot. Yeah, so it's, it's not just soybean cyst nematode and these other 10 uh, pathogenic nematodes plus the HG-type testing. It's also then charcoal rot. So charcoal rot is a fungal uh, pathogen that's in the soil. We usually uh, we call it our dry weather pathogen. It's really the only disease you have to worry about in a drought year. But what we've been seeing and finding with research is even in non-drought years, even in irrigated fields, Charcoal rot on on certain varieties, and if it gets up to a certain level, will be robbing your yields without showing any above-ground symptoms. Uh, And so again, this is a part of another PhD student's project looking at uh, charcoal rot in our fields. Um, It was very interesting. So we did a preliminary study in 2017 in the fall. We sampled about 18 fields across three counties. Every single field we sampled had charcoal rot in it which I was not expecting. The levels did vary, um, but we didn't find a field that did not have charcoal rot in it, and so that's something to really take note of, um, and that it is a, a major pathogen, and we've, we've recognized it as a major pathogen, but because, again, we usually don't ever see above-ground symptoms, it goes unnoticed a lot of times.
0: What's the timeline like for this uh, project? Are we, are we still
1: in a good window to get these samples to you? We're not in the optimum window, we're a little past that since we have already gotten to some colder temperatures and the ground has started to, to cool down, um, but it's still worth uh, taking samples now. Uh, we want samples to be moist but not sopping wet, so you do have to let the ground dry out just a bit after a rain, which has been hard to do this fall in particular. Um, but so uh, the cutoff point is really once we the soils turn uh, cold, freeze, stay froze through, through the winter, um, and then it's to just to point where well, you need to wait. And if you still want to, you could take samples in the spring. It's just uh, the results we get, you have to apply to different threshold levels than the ones we would apply in the fall. So if you have to wait until the spring to collect your samples, will this service still be free? We hope so. I um, I have high hopes that our funding will continue from the Tennessee Soybean Promotion Board as well as some uh, USDA funding that will support these programs and allow for free processing of these samples through 2019. And we do want
0: to take a moment to thank the Tennessee Soybean Promotion Board uh, for all of their support for our research and extension projects. Heather, is there a website or place to find more info on the, on the soil sampling?
1: So all you need to do, there's, there's a one-page sheet that half of it tells you uh, simple guidelines on how to take these soil samples, and the other half of the sheet is uh, the part you fill out and send in with your sample, uh, and that can be found at utcrops.com. Uh, you'll go under the soybean, uh, disease, and nematode section, and then under the publications on that page, The very last one is the the nematode sampling and and, uh, submission form. It does say soybean cyst nematode on it, but again, because this year and next year, we're really doing a whole uh, pathogenic nematode screen, not just soybean cyst nematode. Um, And then also, of course, on our news blog, um, there's previous articles up on there that provide more information on these nematodes as well as charcoal rot and more information there and the same uh, link to get you to the sampling sheet. All right, great information. Thanks again so much for being with
0: us, and thank you for listening to Call of the Week. We'll talk next week. Call of the Week is brought to you by the University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture and utcrops.com.